So the title tonight, Don'ts and Do's. And there was much discussion before the service with Jeremy and I about the proper way to spell don'ts. When you're pluralizing a contraction, apparently that's wrong. So, but it doesn't need the second apostrophe, but when I typed it into my computer, it didn't spell check it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I trust spell check. Anyway, don'ts and do's. That's where we're at tonight, even if it's spelled wrong. Uh, yeah. So, okay, cool. I'm going to talk about punk rock tonight. Woohoo! Big surprise. Um, some of us talk about being Greek. Some of us talk about punk rock. Some of us talk about, you know, other things. So, um, so yeah, the spring of 1986, I was in the sixth grade, and I was riding the bus home from school. And somebody had a cassette player. Some of you might not have even seen these or remember what they are. But it was uh, it had a single cassette in it and one speaker. And it was long and narrow and it had, you know, like buttons on it and you could record and stuff. Anyway, somebody had that uh, on the bus because they ran on batteries. And then somebody had um, a Dead Milkman cassette tape. And they put it on. They're like, you've got to hear this song. And I was like, okay, cool. So they put on a song called Bitchin' Camaro by the Dead Milkman. And uh, I was like terrified because I was a good Christian kid. And they said bitchin'. And I was like, that's a bad word. So can't listen to that. But uh, I loved it. <laughs> and it was just like bad. And, and I was like, wow, these guys are bad. And yet they make music like... So pumped on that idea. So, anyway, like I have a theory of punk rock. Um, you have punk rock that's anti, and you have punk rock that's DIY. And that's generally the kind of ways that it goes. So punk rock started in the 70s, and it was in, it was, it started because people saw what the hippies had done, and it didn't work. And so they were like, let's do something else. So that's sort of the anti thing. And then the other sort of music of the time was like classic rock, like heavy rock, guitar solos, shred guys. And so these the, the punk rockers were like, I can't play guitar that good, but I'm still going to make music anyway. And so that's the DIY aspect of the music part of it. Um, so I very much related more to the DIY aspect of punk rock. I was like, man, these guys are playing music and they suck. I was like, and that's cool. Um, I was like, it just gives you hope as a kid that you can do something and you don't have to do it well to like have fun and play music with your friends. Um, but then I very much hung out with a lot of people who were very much into the anti-thing, anti-government, anti-authority. And they liked punk because it was angry and um, that kind of stuff. 
Then you have like the straight edge kids, which came around and they were anti-drugs and alcohol. And it was a means of, uh, I don't know, having control of saying like, I'm against that. Um, so anyway, these are just, these are just some things, just some musings on, uh, stuff that I grew up, you know, um, but then it also made me think about, here's a big jump, the printing press. Um, so in 2000, Scarlett and I went to Germany on a short-term mission trip, and it was the millennium, the millennium, right? Is that what it was? And uh, some organization, I don't remember what, I just remember seeing in all the airports we went through, all there was some, there was... Like some big celebration of the millennium, and they have they had named um, Gutenberg the man of the millennium because he had invented the printing press. And so, what the printing press, in essence, did is, especially with things like scripture or whatever, is it brought scripture to the common man. It was no longer just for people to study in libraries and places, um, and so. That troubled a lot of people because, oh, no, the common man's going to have access to the Bible. What are they going to do with it? Um, and then it gave other people a lot of hope. They could now read the Bible on their own and see what God was saying to them. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight is don'ts and do's. Um, uh, I'll start out, I'm just going to do a recap here, because as I was thinking about um, kind of where we're at in Ephesians, I thought a little recap might be nice just to see where we're at so far. So thus far, um, we've kind of hit on topics. Um, God's direction is towards you. That was a sermon that I preached a while back. God's inheritance is for you. That was Fran. Um, outsider versus insider. You know, we, a lot of us here, we like to be outsiders, but God is calling us to be on the inside, to be with him. Um, the mystery of the church uh, with Jews and Gentiles and Paul kind of saying, knocking down those walls. It's, it's like the, the printing press thing of Paul saying, you know, the church, God, Jesus is for everybody. You don't have to be a Jew anymore to experience this. Um, Jesse did a sermon, Rise Up, Root Down, and Party. Just be rooted in Christ and like own that. Uh, Mike did a sermon, There is an I in unity. So we are unified. There is unity in Christ already. There is the Trinity which gives us that model, and we can just join in that unity uh, we did apostles, prophets, teachers, etc. Larry and Mike did that. Those are gifts to be used for the body. Um, we did renew your mind. We did story night in the middle there, which was really awesome. So read or go listen to that if you missed that one. Um, Craig did his uh, Why Mommy sermon where he had the two columns up here. It was why. And because, um, if you remember that, 
um, and Jesse did a few weeks back. Rebellion. Holy rebellion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the last two weeks was Mike and then Brian Pell last week um, sort of talking about children of light um, and living as children of light. So that's where we've covered in Ephesians so far. Tonight, um, it's kind of more of that. It's more direction. It's more stuff, you know, don'ts and do's. Um, uh, so we're going to, we'll jump in. Oh, I didn't get the thing. I'll do it. So we'll jump into the scripture here. We're doing Ephesians five fifteen through 21. So I recapped everything because this passage starts out with a therefore. So you kind of have to pay attention to what came before this. And this is more specifically talking about the last two weeks about being children of light. Um, but anytime you see it, therefore, you can also kind of look back at the whole thing to where you've gotten to this point so far. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So that's what we're going to... So... You're on board. You're trying to walk as a child of the light. And now you get some more rules thrown at you here. And we don't always like rules. We don't like the we don't like the do nots. Um, you know, we hear in our culture a lot. I mean, we joke around here. Don't tell me how to run my life. Um, well, I can't say that. Some of you like the don'ts. Some of you, that makes life easy. Don't drink? Okay, cool. Whew. That takes care of it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of us don't like the don'ts. Um, so that's why I wrote it that way tonight. As I wrote it backwards, it's not do's and don'ts, it's don'ts and do's. Because there's a lot more do's tonight than don'ts. So we're going to jump into it here. This is... Oh, that one's not... There we go. Therefore, verse 15, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men but as wise. So don't be unwise, but be wise. What does that mean? What does it mean to be wise? What is wisdom? Um, this is tricky. This is a word that comes up a lot in Scripture. Be wise. Seek wisdom. And it's a tough, 
tough word, tough word to understand, tough word to get around. Um, so I used the Googles and uh, psychology today. This is their definition of wisdom, which is actually pretty good. Wisdom is one of those qualities difficult to define because it encompasses so much, but people generally recognize when they encounter it. And it is encountered most obviously in the realm of decision-making. Psychologists tend to agree that wisdom involves an integration of knowledge, experience, and deep understanding that incorporates tolerance for the uncertainties of life as well as its ups and downs. There's an awareness of how things play out over time, and it confers a sense of balance. It can be acquired only through experience, but by, ex- by itself, experience does not automatically confer wisdom. Only now are researchers beginning to look into the social, emotional, and cognitive processes that transmute experience into wisdom. Uh, I don't know when this article was written, but it's, psychologi- it's psychology today, so probably within the last 10 years. And they say only now are researchers beginning to look at this. But for couple thousand years, the Bible's been saying, get wisdom, be wise, don't be unwise. Um, bah, 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 bah. Okay. Wise people generally share an optimism that life's problems can be solved and experience a certain amount of calm in facing difficult decisions. Intelligence, if only anyone could figure out exactly what that is, may be necessary for wisdom, but it definitely isn't sufficient. An ability to see the big picture, a sense of proportion, and considerable introspection also contribute to its development. Cool. Everybody get that. Easy, right? Don't be unwise. Be wise. Got it? Cool. Thanks. I'm out. Um... Uh, I did like the psychologists tend to agree that wisdom involves an integration of knowledge, experience, and deep understanding that incorporates tolerance for the uncertainties of life. Um, I thought that was pretty good as a description goes, as you can get a description for wisdom. Uh, You know, and I thought about, like, in my own life, okay, in in what ways do I sort of use those things? How does that play out? Like, um, so I'm a sound guy. Been a sound guy for a long time. Um, if you can't remember my name, just call me sound guy. That's what everybody else does. Um, but again, I've been doing it a long time. I've studied it. I've studied the theories of it. I've studied how it works. I know beyond just theories of sound, I know theories of electricity and how signal flows through equipment and blah, 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 et cetera. But then I've also been doing it a long time. I also have experience. Um, So I just know things. I just know things. I don't know why I know them, just because I've done it a long time. You know, and a deep understanding from just doing something for a long time. Like, somebody will be playing their guitar, and there's like a weird distortion. And I can tell the difference between, oh, the battery in your guitar is going dead or your cable is going bad. I don't know why I know that. I just do. That's 
some form of wisdom. It's very narrow and specific. <laughs> but that's just sort of one of the one of the easier ways I could think of to explain sort of how that sort of thing plays out in my life. Um, so I don't know, like um, Proverbs 4, 4 through 9 says, Then he taught me and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Get wisdom. Figure out what it is, you know. Um, like I said, knowledge is part of wisdom. Get knowledge. Experience is part of wisdom. So do stuff. Try things. Make mistakes. Fail. Succeed. Do stuff. Like, you're not going to get wisdom by sitting at home. I'll use a music example. By sitting at home, practicing your guitar in your bedroom and never doing anything with it. Like, as an example. You're not going to get wisdom by saying, I want to tell people about Jesus so I'm going to read books about how to tell people about Jesus. That's good. That's knowledge. But then you have to put it into practice. You have to gain that experience to, to gain the wisdom of how to tell people about Jesus or whatever. Um, yeah. Um, Verse 7 on this passage, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. I don't know. Try stuff. <laughs> like, read. Do things. I don't know. Like, it's it's such a weird thing. Like, because you probably know people in your life who would maybe not be considered intelligent or intellectual. But when they speak... Wisdom comes out because of something they have, something they've gone through, um, and maybe an innate knowledge of something specific. Um, so, I don't know. It's tough. Like, but, and then also, like it says, though it cost all you have, get understanding. Um, the Bible talks about wisdom a lot, and it talks about, in a few places, about it being worth more than silver and gold. Um, our earthly world is kind of focused on wealth and prosperity, and yet the Bible, kind of the pinnacle thing, apart from knowing Jesus, is gaining wisdom. Figure out what that is for you in your life and go after it. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's kind of not 
not a good, clear answer on that, but the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Like, do it, try it, do stuff. Um, So moving on, verse 16 in the, back to Ephesians, making the most of your time because the days are evil. In the uh, New King James Version, we were looking at this on Wednesday, it says, redeem the time. Um, I kind of like that. I like that phrasing. Um, And basically, that just means compensate for the faults or bad aspects of something, gain or regain possession of. So that's basically saying, like, start today. Like, if you've made mistakes in your past or you've wasted time in your past, that's fine. Now redeem that. Take control. Um, make the most of your time that you have. Uh, and probably a good way to make the most of your time is to be search for wisdom because <laughs> that will probably take a lot of it. Um, so uh, I get to talk about Mary Kay. So my wife is Mary Kay person. So Mary Kay, we know about Mary Kay around our house. So Mary Kay was 45 when she started her business. She had been in other businesses and had been frustrated as a woman and been like, she was going to write a book about um, how to help women in the marketplace because she had trained up men under her who had then replaced her or had been hired above her um, simply because she was a woman. So at 45, she decided to write this book and she was, she had, uh, I think she was married for the second time at this point and her husband was pretty well off. So she was kind of just going to retire and write this book. But as she was writing this book, she decided she was like, oh, well, if I was going to run a company, this is how I would do it. And so she did it. She started at 45 and created a multi-billion dollar cosmetics company. Um, Basically, that's just a long way of saying it's never too late to start. Redeem the time you have. If you want to do something for God and you didn't go to seminary and you think that you need to go to seminary to do great things for God, guess what? You don't. You can start now. You can be 70 and do great things for God. You can be 20 and do great things for God. Um, basically, the, I mean, that's just kind of what he's saying here. Is just, the days are evil. The days have never stopped being evil. We don't live in a more evil time now than in the past. It's not a scale. The days are just evil and have always have been. So take advantage of your time or redeem your time or whatever and do something that God is calling you to do even if you don't think you can. Uh, keep moving along here. Verse 17. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay, so don't be foolish. Uh, that's kind of self-explanatory. <laughs> don't do what fools do. 
Um, understand the will of the Lord. Great, cool. Again, like wisdom, what is the will of the Lord? You may ask, and I will tell you. First Thessalonians five sixteen through twenty two. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Boom. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. Does God care about your life, about the the day-to-day intricacies of your life? Yes, he does. But if you're trying to figure out what that is, start here. And don't worry so much about, well, should I do this or should I do this? Does God want me to go to college or does God want me to, I don't know. I mean, any decision that you come across, if you're seeking God's will in that decision, start with this. And then see what God tells you. I know that sounds... Really simplistic. Try it. <laughs> I dare you. Um, yeah. I, uh, I discovered this verse about, I don't know, 20 years ago or so. And I come back to it probably on a weekly basis. Just like, okay, well, I don't know what to do. Maybe I should rejoice. Maybe I should pray. Maybe I should give thanks for what I do have uh, and see what God tells me after this. Uh, Verse 18. And do not get drunk on wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Um, kind of a bunch of random don'ts and do's, right? It, it's kind of it's funny. Don't be unwise, be wise. Don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Oh, don't get drunk. Uh, and then speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Like it's kind of, it seems like it's kind of random. But again, as you, if you're, if you're focused on the don'ts, it's kind of it's kind of weird. But if you're focused on the do's, understand what the will of the Lord is. Be filled with the Spirit. Um, be wise. You know, it makes a little more sense. Um, so I don't know. I think do we all understand or? Maybe agree, maybe not, that drunkenness is not a good thing. Maybe you don't. Maybe you think drunkenness is cool. Um, I don't know. That's kind of weird. But, again, if you're focused on the don't, like if straight-edge kids, cool. Don't drink. I got that. I got X's. I'm good. Um, but the do is then be filled with the Spirit. Cool. I don't know what wisdom is. I don't know what the will of God is. 
I don't know what it is to be filled with the Spirit. Cool, I got you covered. Galatians 5, 22 through 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Um, we tend to think of Spirit-filled people as people who are using the gifts of the spirits, of the Spirit, which are good, very real, God-given things. Speaking in tongues, healing, um, prophesying, Things like this. But, again, those are the gifts of the Spirit. But being filled with the Spirit means you're going to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Um, not super easy either. Um, I, got, uh, I, got, I got some love. I got a little bit of patience. I'm kind sometimes. Uh, I'm pretty faithful. Gentleness depends on situation. Self-control depends on the situation. Um, Joy, I don't know, what's that? Peace, Uh, you know, I don't know, what is that? Start looking for these things. Again, this is, this is do. This is do stuff. Um, yeah, we'll move on. If I can remember, find where I was. Oh. Um, in the message version of verse 18, don't get drunk but be filled with the Spirit. It said, drink the Spirit of God, huge drafts of Him. Again, playing off alcohol and don't get drunk, but drink drink drafts of God. Um, I kind of liked that just image of pouring God out of a tap and into a, the Spirit. I'll take a little Spirit. And uh, anyway... Um, So, okay, I'm jumping back around. Okay. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Verse 19. I was really hoping that somebody was going to be sitting in this front row right here tonight because I was going to sing to them. So I'm a little sad. I'll sing to Joe. (laughs) I'll sing to Michael. Um, does this mean to sing to people? Oh, Declan and Kepi. <laughs> to be like, oh, Kepi, your shirt is so cool. Like, Declan, you have nice socks. I think it could mean that, and I'd be... And I'd be pretty stoked, but um, I don't know. Maybe around here it'd be like, <laughs> that's going to be cool on the podcast. It just distorts all out. 
speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I was looking up the definition of a psalm. I'm like, what actually is a psalm? Like, we know that it's music, but it actually means a song to a plucked harp. Thought that was pretty cool. I was going to bring Cora's pink ukulele, and I was going to play, and I forgot it. So, um, A hymn is a spiritual song, generally, to a deity. So there are other religions, other forms of you know stuff around the world where people sing hymns to their God. It's not just a Christian thing. Um, and a hymn is just music. We think of hymns as a style of Christian songs that were written from the 1600s to the 1900s. And then we have contemporary Christian music, which is different. I don't know, I guess. But a hymn basically is just a spiritual song that is sung to a deity. So um, a spiritual song, a song's hymn, spiritual songs, a spiritual song. Um, you know, go. we'll go back here. Oops, what's a spiritual song? Uh, a song about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's a spiritual song. Songs about those things. Um, so what does that mean? Like, do we just go around singing like I just did? And do we sing to each other? Uh, that would be pretty sweet. But it says, speak to one another in psalms. Songs are easy to remember. And you can use song lyrics to speak truth to one another. Um, I love this idea. This is this verse. I love this verse. I love the idea of just people speaking to one another. Um, you know, and then in the, in the, the second half of the verse is making melody with your heart to the Lord. Um, we can be better at this. We kind of like negativity. We kind of live in that world that a lot of us do. Um, and so I'm, I'm challenged by this verse a lot to just speak something, speak a lyric, speak kindness, speak a blessing, speak something to people that I come in contact with. I'm not good at it. But I love this verse. I love the idea of speaking to each other in this way. Um, I was in a Bible study years ago, and um, there was this guy, James, and he was, I think we were studying this verse, and he just got super amped all of a sudden. And he was like, he's like, dude, he's like, what if we just like worshiped God like all the time, everywhere, like in the streets, and like the Spirit of God moves so powerfully, like windows are being blown out of buildings and like the spirit of God is just sweeping through the streets. And like, he was just pumped on this. And I was like, that would actually be really cool. Um, as cheesy as that sounds, but it's just like, man, if we, if we speak to one another this way, maybe we're not blowing windows out of buildings, but the person who is receiving that hymn, that Psalm is encouraged 
And the Spirit of God can move in them in that on that day and get them through something tough or can encourage them. Um, so yeah, verse 20. Uh, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Again, that's a do. Sing songs. Give thanks. Um, it's the same as verse, you know, First Thessalonians. Oh. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. God's will for you is to give thanks to Him and to encourage those around you. So, oh, sorry. And uh, and then verse 1, And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. And other versions say, And submit to one another out of love for Christ. Um, and this verse is going to be key as we transition uh, in two weeks into the next bit of Ephesians. Um, so what does that mean to be subject to one another, to submit to one another? It means to put the needs of somebody else ahead of your own. Um, You've heard, I don't know, you've probably heard guys, I don't know, I've heard guys say stuff like, yeah, man, I'd take a bullet for you. Um, Cool, cool. I'm glad that you would dive in front of me and take a bullet for me. Cool, you're a good dude. However, you're a dick on a daily basis. So, you know, that's not really helping things. That's not really submitting. That's not really laying down your life for me. Laying down your life for someone, being submitted to someone, being subject to someone is to daily say, I want what you want more than what I want. That's hard. That's super hard. But again, we tend to think of it in our Western culture as I'm going to give to you everything I have and I'm not going to get anything in return. That's the way we tend to think of that, right? We tend to think, okay, I'm going to pour into you, I'm going to submit to you, but it's submit to one another. So again, the ideal, and ideals are just ideals, it's not reality, but the ideal is is that then they are pouring back into you in the same way that you are giving to them. Um, Then you get into, what's the movie Robin Hood, the animated one with the buzzards? What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? That's not the scenario we're looking for here. (laughs) Is, uh, Is that, but it's to say, How can I serve you today? What would be beneficial for you? What do you need? What can I do for you? Um, So yeah, it's kind of a weird chunk of verses here. Six verses. And there's 
so much in here. I could go on longer, but I won't. All right. So we got don'ts. Don't be unwise. Don't be foolish. Don't get drunk. And then we got the do's. Be wise. Understand the will of the Lord. Be filled with the Spirit. Be careful how you walk. Redeem your time. Make the most of it. Speak psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Always give thanks and be subject to one another. Um, That's a tough list. But again, if we think of it in the positive of this is what God is calling us to do, uh, then that makes the don'ts kind of not that big a deal. Um, Again, some people like the don'ts. If that works for you, stick with the don'ts. But I think a lot of people, it's better to focus on the do's. Do these things. Find wisdom. Figure out what that is. Understand the will of the Lord. Talk to Him. Pray continually. Give thanks. Be filled with the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Um, work on those things. That's not some goal that only nice people, professional Christians attain to. That's like what we should all be working towards. Um, it's not easy. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm saying this is what we are called to do if we are children of the light, if we are followers of Christ. So, The setup for all of that, for this, all of that was a setup for this, as I should say. Always remember the doo doo. There's way more do's than there were don'ts. So, you know, all boys, all men are 12 year old boys. So remember the doo doo. Um, hopefully that will stick with you. Uh-uh, pun intended. Um, remember the doo-doo. <laughs> I got a boo. Yes. Uh, do these things. They're good. If you're not successful at them, don't worry about it. Keep doing it. Keep trying stuff. Try stuff. Fail at things. Have fun. Like... Do crazy stuff that God is asking you to do that you know is not possible. No, is not possible. That you think is not possible. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's what I got for tonight. So remember the doo doo. Um, we're gonna move into a time of communion now. into some more doo-doo. God gave us this as a way to remember, as a physical thing that we can hold in our hands, as something we can ingest into our bodies, that we can smell it, we can taste it. Um, So, yeah, um, communion is a time to remember 
what God has done for us in that He, on the cross, paid for all of our sins. All the stuff we ever did, all the stuff we ever did wrong, all the stuff we ever did right that wasn't for Him um, is paid for all of that. Um, And this is just how we remember that. And it's just cool that God gives us these physical um, ways to remember that so that it's more than just an intellectual um, I can't think of the word. It's more than just an intellectual process. It's a way that you can engage all your senses to remember him and what he's done for you. So there will be people uh, down here and in the back um, if you guys want to come up now. Um, you break off a piece of bread and dip it in the cup. There's gluten-free crackers also in both bowls. Um, yeah, and just remember, take this time to remember what God has done for you. If you're not a believer, um, this is a good way to start that process, to enter into that with God and say, God, I want to remember what you have done for me and that you have paid the price for um, all my sin and everything.